Welcome into the OrangeFizz.com reaction Twitter space. Not so instant today, but certainly an important one on the Fizz, because not only is Syracuse's season 99.9% over, barring some miracle NIT bid that nobody thinks they're going to get, but you also have some very interesting answers courtesy of Jim Beheim in this press conference. So just want to preface this before I start reading a little bit of what SU's head man said for anybody in here that if you want to share your thoughts on uh, anything you heard Beheim say or the game, feel free to raise your hand and I'll yield the microphone to you and you can share your thoughts inside this space. But for Jim Beheim, he had some interesting things to say at the end of the game. He said, with regards to his job, as we go into the future and Beheim is looking at year number 48 next year, he said, quote, the university hired me and it's their choice of what they want to do. I always have the choice of retirement, but it's the university's decision. So first glance at that first first opinion, I guess, because I wasn't physically present in the presser area when he said this. But immediately that does give a little bit uh, give a little bit of uh, pressure toward the uh, the administration. It sort of passes it to them. A little bit of the um, a, a little bit of the choice, anyway. I guess I'm searching for a word, but it, it's in more of the university's hands than it seemed in the past. I guess it's an uncharacteristic answer for Bayheim. He's obviously fielded a lot of questions about this over the years, but now he seems almost to be deferring to the university. And at least to me, this doesn't sound like a guy who is really all that invested in coming back next year, right? He came into this year, Beheim did, saying that there was no chance that he was going to retire after his two sons finished up playing last year. He said he had made a commitment to the six recruits coming in this year and that he wanted to be there for their first year, no matter what. Obviously, that's up for interpretation. We didn't know if he meant that he wanted to be here for their entire SU career, and maybe that was it, or if he just wanted to help them get off on the right foot in year one. He felt he had a commitment to uphold to these recruits who came in out of the class of 22. So fairly admirable thing to say for Bayheim, but now there's a lot less uh, concrete information in that answer. So we're getting a little few more people in here now in the uh, orangefizz.com postgame Twitter space, not just talking the ACC tourney, but the Jim Beheim press conference as well. And I'll find some tweets from some local media as well that we can uh, look into. And I think they have the same opinion that I did reading into this. But if anybody in here wants to speak up either about the game or about uh, what you think is going on with Jim Beheim in this press conference, feel free to uh, hit the microphone and uh, I'll yield the floor to you. And you can start talking a little bit of uh, SU hoops. So, Looking just at a couple writers who cover the team and who are there all the time, for example, Donna DeTota, who writes for the Post Standard, uh, she quoted, she said, it's up to the university about whether he comes back, said he hasn't decided what he'll do regardless of what the university decides. DeTota, obviously a beat writer for the team. She says uh, in her tweet, Jim Beheim says, I hope we can come to a good agreement, we being Beheim and the university. It's as clear as he can make it. And he was quoted as saying, 
I gave my retirement speech last week and nobody picked up on it. So definitely some interesting stuff going on here with Bayheim. Maybe he's referring to the uh, McNamara and Warwick retirement ceremony where he did speak after both of them did. He gave about a two minute speech to the crowd. He talked about how grateful he was. He told the fans how they were the greatest uh, in college basketball. So at the time, I thought it was a heartfelt thing for him to say. I didn't necessarily think it sounded like a guy who was on his way out. Beheim's usually pretty uh, indignant when it comes to those answers, usually pretty adamant that he's coming back and shuts down those questions. But now he's uh, he's deferring to the university a little bit, at least in his answer. said it's up to SU about whether he comes back. Emmett, I saw you raise your hand, my friend. Do you want to get in on this conversation, or should we just uh, continue a little bit on with the uh, – the game at hand. Talk a little bit more about some of the reactions to Bayheim's presser as it happened down in Greensboro. The second round ACC tournament game just ended a little bit ago. Syracuse 74 came up short against Wake Forest 77. So for the second time in four years, SU just got eliminated out of the ACC tournament by a buzzer beater, by the way. The first one was Reese Beekman of Virginia back in 2021. Really the last four years have been, uh, some pretty troubling results in the ACC tournament. You had 2020 when COVID cut everything off and probably cost SU a tournament appearance, the NCAA tournament, that is. 2021 was the Beekman buzzer beater, although Syracuse did still make it to March Madness. Last year, Buddy Bayheim was suspended for the Duke game because he hit a Florida State player in the first round, even in a very convincing win, and he was out. Syracuse lost to the Blue Devils and went no further than that. And then this year, you have the Davian Williamson, start to remember his name now, buzzer beater, Wake Forest winning 77-74. Williamson shot hit with .2 seconds left. And you could see the players, Syracuse's players anyway, standing around as if they knew that that was it. Some pained expressions, and Judah Mintz obviously kind of collapsed to the court on hands and knees. What was a very devastating loss for uh, SU. Syracuse led this game at the half 35-33, but got itself into a hole in the second half, fell behind by double digits with about a dozen minutes left in the second half, obviously tied things up at 74 very late in the half, but Wake Forest put together a play, and it was Williamson who finished 6 of 14 and 4 of 10 from deep with 17 points on the day, who sank the killing blow. And a three-point loss for Syracuse probably ends the Orange season. So again, this is Carter Bainbridge on the OrangeFizz.com post-game Twitter space. Likely our final one of the 2022-23 season. Syracuse very, very unlikely to get an NIT bid. Probably won't take a CBI bid. And that's perfectly fine with me, just to express my opinion. I don't know about anybody else in here. We have a good number of listeners in here, and if anybody wants to speak up and share their thoughts, feel free. Happy to turn it over to you, and we can talk a little SU basketball. If you have any questions, if you have any takes, feel free to offer them up because this is maybe your last chance for quite a while, at least until November when Syracuse is back in action. But for now, I'll say this. On that final play in the buzzer beater, and there's only so much that I want to say about this game for Syracuse because some of the familiar problems uh, crop back up, that is. We had some poor defense. And before I continue, I see Jason has asked to talk. So, Jason, I'll make you a speaker here. 
hear what you have to say, my friend. What uh, what are your thoughts on this ACC tournament exit and Jim Beheim's subsequent presser? Anytime, Jason. If you're trying to speak, your uh, microphone is off. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, fan of uh, fan of your recaps. Uh, 2010 grad myself. Um, so it's uh, I'd say I've been a frustrating uh, viewing of basketball since I left the hill. But I think everything that you just summarized in the past, let's call it five, six years, kind of is brought us to this moment of um, look, we have a legend whether or not you agree with the past couple of years of not moving off the zone or who he's playing or his leash on the bench. Uh, he's a legend and he's done it the right way for our, for our program. And I think at this point, I think he deserves to have a, uh, although it would be against his, his choice is probably a, a swan song for next year. Um, I do think the time has come that he probably, um, should be moving on. I would give him next year as his tour through the ACC, hopefully another year with the 22 recruits. They improve over the summer, transfer portal, whatever. But um, I, I think that he was a little noncommittal because I think he's probably heard it a lot from the fans this season and the beat writers and Twitter and social media on calling for his head. And I, I think it's, let's just have some perspective on who we're talking about and, um, you know, a couple more wins here or there in some of these seasons, and we might not be so quick to rush him out. But um, just my thoughts. Yeah, thank you, Jason. I uh, I think you gave a, a really fair assessment there, and I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I do agree that the last couple of years, the, the results of where the program wants to be don't quite match up with what's actually happened, right? I mean, you see some some stagnation in the tournaments. You went from the NCAA tournament in 2021 to winning a game in the ACC tournament, but still missing out last year to not even winning one game in the ACC tournament this year. You're taking two tangible steps down from your last tournament appearance. And in a town like this and a program like this that gauges its success on tournament appearances, tournament wins, things like that, Seasons around here aren't regarded as successes unless the team at least makes it there. I think that's been proven over the last couple of years with all the discontent that we've seen. Even when Syracuse this year had a winning record, finishes its year with a winning record, had a couple decent wins in the ACC. NC State comes to mind if we're taking a very rosy view. But still, this is a team that had some deficiencies. Obviously, this year, people were a little bit riled up with, with Bayheim throughout the year. And I'm especially interested in what he had to say today with regards to possibly stepping away, because I agree with guys like Brent Axe, right? The Syracuse.com writer. We all know him always around the program. He said, listening to Bayheim's answers today, the way Jim Bayheim reflected in this presser, it sure sounded like a retirement statement slash speech. That's what Brent Axe had to say in a tweet about 20 minutes ago. Obviously, listening into uh, to Bayheim after the fact, but definitely some interesting stuff from a coach who doesn't usually strike this tone. But for me, it reminds me a little bit of what happened about a month ago when Bayheim gave that ESPN article where he said some things about Pitt, said some things about Wake Forest that he had to walk back. It took him about a week to to do the requisite apologies and walk back some comments that he made. But one of the things he had in there 
was that he said basically that I know it's my choice. He said, I can do whatever I want. I just don't know for sure. That was a quote in the ESPN article. He was talking about his potential retirement, potentially stepping away. But then he had to clarify that. He put out that tweet on his account that seemed very carefully curated. He put it in quotation marks. This was back on February 6th. So just a month ago, he said, as I've said many times previously, my employment as Syracuse men's basketball coach has always been determined by the university. I was asked about possibility of retirement, and my answer was based on that. That certainly sounds like someone might have gotten in his ear, maybe from higher up, and said, I don't really like the tone you struck there. Just as a reminder, you're an employee of the university. No matter how big Bayheim is, no matter how much of a legend he is, and he is a legend, just to fully clarify, I just get the feeling in my gut that that rubbed someone in the administration the wrong way because we don't usually see Bayheim really walk back something like that so explicitly in what definitely reads like advised language, like he was getting some either advice or help from someone to make sure that he clarified this as as comprehensively as he could. So what he said today in the press conference definitely reminded me of that. I don't think anybody told him to say this today. Obviously, these are things that Beheim is saying on his own. I think he's making his own choice here to not give anybody an explicit answer. Yes, he's coming back or no, he isn't. But this is an unusual thing for him to say, right? And just to recap for anybody who hasn't heard, hasn't been paying attention, maybe you had something to do and couldn't watch the game. Maybe you haven't followed along all that closely with what Beheim said afterward, but Syracuse just wrapped up the ACC tournament loss to Wake Forest, a three-point loss, 77-74 to the Demon Deacons. So SU season is all but over. And after answering a couple questions about players, about the game, Beheim said, quote, the university hired me and it's their choice of what they want to do. I always have the choice of retirement, but it's the university's decision. This was in regards to a question about coaching next year. He also said, I didn't know if I was going to come back prior to recruiting six freshmen. So he's talking about Judah Mids, Chris Bell, Justin Taylor, this new class. But with those kids, I thought we had a real chance. Referring to the last offseason, obviously coming into this season. So it's clear that coaching these freshmen was an important thing for him. But you now see some deference to the university in a way that is pretty unfamiliar for Jim Beheim. So I think this is a really interesting development and something to really keep your eye on over this off season, because if Beheim's done and we we've established clearly that no matter what you think about the guy personally, he's a legend of the game. He's a hall of famer. He has achieved a mighty amount in the realm of college basketball does this really feel like the end for him? For everybody in here, does this really feel like the end that you imagined for Jim Beheim? I'm curious to hear anybody's thoughts in here. And if anybody wants to share their thoughts or speak up, I can hand you the microphone in this uh, orangefizz.com postgame Twitter space. And you can speak your mind, obviously, maintaining civility. That's a given. This is Carter Bainbridge, by the way, one of the orangefizz.com contributors handling the uh, space today. We've Got our crew run pretty thin today. They're all over the place covering the game. So 
This was uh, kind of an impromptu space on our part, but for a very important topic, one that required some pretty immediate attention. So not only does Syracuse bomb out of the ACC tournament in its first game, but Jim Beheim is pretty noncommittal about how he wants to come back next year, in the opinion of uh, not only most people in here, including myself, but some, uh, some writers very close to the program as well, including Donna DeTota, Mike Waters, Brent Axe. They've all shared their opinions on Twitter, and I generally agree with them. And this is a very uh, interesting tone for Beheim to strike, but... You know, let's uh, let's let's think about it a little bit, right? So, if you look at legends of the game, and just thinking of a couple off off the top of my head, right? Coach K is the recent example, who's a contemporary of Bayheim. He he was at Duke for roughly the same amount of time. They're both at the same program forever, and Coach K used last season as his going out party. Duke made it pretty far, had a typically good team for Coach K, didn't get it all the way, didn't win a title in Coach K's last year, but he announced before that season that that was going to be it for him. And some people didn't like that. It rubbed some people the wrong way. Oh, this guy's making it about himself. I didn't personally think that, but it was his choice of how he wanted to go. So he went out on his own terms. You know, that that's an important thing for – some athletes, some coaches, is that you don't always get the chance to do that. So if you can, take the chance. And another guy who comes to mind who didn't get to do that, who is also very much a legend of the game, is Bob Knight. Obviously, this is 20 years ago, but in his final season at Indiana, 99 to 2000 it was with the Hoosiers, Knight won 20 games. He made the tournament for the sixth year in a row. Even longer than that, Indiana had made the tournament every single year in the 90s prior to that. So you're not even talking about NITs and stuff like that. There, This is quantifiable success for Indiana in a program that demands it, similarly to Syracuse. But obviously because of some other stuff that Bob Knight did, he didn't really get to have that choice himself to leave. There were other factors that forced his hand. The university got much stricter on his conduct. And there was one final incident with a student that kind of pushed him out the door, even when he was still succeeding. Maybe not as much as Indiana fans and alumni wanted him to, but that increased pressure from outside helped push Knight out the door. I think that those two present a spectrum there. You have Coach K on one side for doing it your way, going out on top. You don't win a title, but hey, you had a great season and everybody remembers you very fondly. Then you have Bob Knight, who went out frustrating the fans with how little the team was achieving compared to what they wanted. And a guy who has a complex legacy as someone who was fiery, maybe didn't have the most conventional techniques and did some stuff that was pretty frowned upon. But he got the results, although his relationship with Indiana was fractured for a very long time. So with that in mind, you have... Coach K on one side, Bob Knight on the other, on the spectrum of legend coaches retirement, I guess, if you will. Where does Beheim fall on that? If this was his last game coaching Syracuse on the sideline, he gets to the ACC tournament and he loses the first game. So not only does he go out with a loss, it's not even in the NCAA tournament. He gets a winning record, but his streak of never having one was spoiled last year because the team was one game under. So that's no longer really a part of it. 
he made the commitment to coach the six recruits this year, and he had them for a year. It's an open question as to how many of them are going to come back. Judah Mintz could try to go pro. He could play a second year here. He could play a second year somewhere else. The rest of them are kind of up in the air. Would it shock anybody if maybe Chris Bell plays somewhere else next year? Maybe Justin Taylor does. Malik Brown? It wouldn't shock me. Depends on what these guys want. We can't pretend to know, but in this age, nothing is off the table. You never know who the next Kadari Richmond is going to be. Some guy doesn't play enough to his liking. Maybe there's something about the situation he doesn't like. And then all of a sudden, the recruiting class that was so exciting for a year is chopped down to maybe half. Maybe you only have two guys left. Maybe you have four. But depending on how much they contribute, you can lose some contributors pretty quickly. So with all that being said, Bayheim had the choice to come back this year. He clearly had his reasons. He could have gone out if he really wanted to with his sons, but he chose not to do that. Instead, he came back this year. The team was inconsistent, had some really tough losses, had some good moments like the NC State win, the first Virginia Tech win, things like that. Overall, a pretty frustrating season for Jim Bayheim and the Orange, and, and that kind of came to a head today against Wake Forest, a team that the Orange just beat on Saturday but got off to a terrible start in the second half and eventually fell victim to a buzzer beater by Davian Williamson. 77-74, your final, by the way, for anybody who didn't catch it. Wake Forest advances in the ACC tournament, and Syracuse is done. 17-15 and 15 now the record for the Orange and highly unlikely to make any kind of tournament in the postseason. So we advance onward here in this orangefizz.com postgame Reaction Twitter space to not only the ACC tournament, but Jim Beheim's press conference as well. Don't have a lot else to say about this, but kind of a uh, an emergency convergence of uh, of of the fizz here to uh, to hear people's opinions on uh, not only Beheim's answers in the press conference, but talk a little bit about the game. So, if there's anybody in here who wants to offer an opinion, I know we've had some listeners in here who have been very patient, who have done a lot of listening. If there's anybody who wants to talk, feel free to speak up. We'll hand you the microphone and you can share your thoughts, not only on Syracuse, but maybe how you thought this season went, how it felt for you, the tournament game, Bayheim's answers, whatever you want, as long as we keep it clean in the uh, in the Twitter space, of course. Jim, I see you. We'll hand you the mic, my friend. What do you have to say about this? Go ahead, okay, Jim. We great. Got you. Yeah, no, um, I think the disappointing thing for me is um, the talent is there, and I don't know if it's just this whole NIL thing or what, but it's really, I think it's affected schools like Syracuse more than others, and I think they're really at a point with the lack of commitments they have in the next class and the transfer portal that if they if he does decide to hang it up, I think he really needs to do it now. Um, to save face for the program going forward. I have a tremendous amount of respect for what he's done to the program, put him on the map, and unfortunately the last few years have not gone well. Um, my concern is if they hire from within, and I know I'm taking this in another direction, so I apologize, but if they hire from within and give it to GMAC or Autry, is it going to be much of the same going forward that it has been the last two or three years? And that's my concern, that if they go – try to get somebody outside of the program with no ties that the results may be better than going with somebody from within. So that, that was just my main thought. Yeah, I got you. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for speaking up with that one. 
it's definitely an interesting question, right? I, I think that people can go either way, one way or another with that. Your risk, obviously, if you go in-house, let's say if you hand the keys to any one of the three assistants, if you hand them to Griffin or Autry or even GMAC, all three of those guys are former Syracuse players, right? GMAC, the most recent one, the other two played back in the 90s. Really good players. Everybody knows them, but they're in-house and they've been coaching the system under Bayheim for years, right? So the risk you run is that when you look at the problems that face Syracuse this year, especially on the defensive side, the 2-3 zone has really been a whipping boy this year for a lot of fans, media alike. Syracuse did not have a very strong defense this year. Really, any metric you want to cut it, whether it's Ken Palm efficiency, whether it's just points per game, Syracuse was 262nd coming into today with uh, almost 73 points allowed per game in the nation, by the way, in points per game. So not a very high mark. In Ken Palm, the result's not very good either. The defense down there toward the, the 200th in the country. So you're talking about a below average unit stuck in a system that maybe isn't the best for the players, one that needs some length at the top of the zone. And, you know, Judah Mintz supplies that. But does Joe Girard really do that? We have some questions about that. Would these guys just try to maintain the status quo? That's the question, because can you really imagine Coach Griffin, Coach Autry, Coach McNamara taking over and immediately trying to play man-to-man defense? These players haven't had to do that at the college level. You'd imagine it would be a pretty big challenge. A couple different times this year and over the years, Bayheim has insisted that teaching man-to-man defense is, is really difficult. And I imagine that's especially true, even more so, for players who have become accustomed to playing zone. You figure if it was this hard to teach them how to play good zone this year, and we saw some breakdowns even in this ACC tournament game, similar to the ones that were back in November, how hard could it be to have them taught a new trick in man-to-man defense when they've been playing zone for one year, two years, in Gerard's case, four years? It's a challenge. And if you go outside, if you go outside the bench, you know, the risk you run and, you know, you always find people who are heavily, heavily in the, you know, defend Bayheim camp. They'll always say you don't know how bad it could get. Right. You don't want to reach out there and get uh, not to rag on him, but Kenny Payne. Right. You don't want to have a scenario like that. You don't want to go out and get a Danny Manning, a guy who was an excellent player, but just can't quite get it all together as a coach. So at least with Bayheim, you kind of knew what you were getting. That's one of the, the points in his camp. I'd say if you were to defend him, there are a lot more question marks if you go outside, uh, if we're looking at hiring someone else. And, of course, we don't know what the university's plan is. Last year, Bayheim said there was the quote-unquote succession plan in place. We still don't know what that means. So whether or not SU goes with someone – off its own bench or whether or not it reaches outside, we don't know. But first things first, <laughs> we still have to make sure that Bayheim isn't coming back next year. Obviously, he's left that pretty ambiguous today, but uh, something to keep our eye on as we go into the offseason. So, Jim, I appreciate you. Good points there. Definitely something to think about. And I guess that's where uh, Syracuse's athletics department and specifically John Wildhack makes his and their money making difficult decisions like this because this is a basketball-hungry town that has a lot of faith in this program to continue at least 
trying to be excellent. If they're not excellent right now, I'd say they aren't not quite so as what they used to be. But if you rely on Syracuse to get back to excellence, that's a difficult choice to make. You have a couple different routes to go. So we'll see what routes not only Bayheim but Wild Hack take as well, because it could be up to either of them at this point. I think we can't really tell based on what Bayheim said in this press conference after the Wake Forest game. Again, for anybody who missed it, I'll repeat the quotes he said one more time after the Wake Forest loss this afternoon. 77-74, to the Demon Deacons took down the Orange down in Greensboro. SU's ACC tournament bid is done now. But Bayheim said after the fact, a couple questions about the game, but then he said about, la- or about next year, rather, quote, the university hired me, and it's their choice of what they want to do. I always have the choice of retirement, but it's the university's decision. And then talking about coming back this year, he said, I didn't know if I was going to come back prior to recruiting six freshmen. But with those kids, I thought we had a real chance. So pretty interesting stuff from Bayheim. I know I've used that word a whole lot, but that's really what comes to mind immediately. And then there was something else he said about a retirement speech. And I'll find that quote for you here. He said, and this is a quote on uh, Donna DeTota's Twitter account, one of the uh, beat writers here in Syracuse. Beheim said, quote, I gave my retirement speech last week and nobody picked up on it. I believe he's referring to what he did after the McNamara and Warwick jersey retirements. He had about two minutes where he spoke and thanked the fans, expressed his gratitude, it was, you know, it came from a, uh, came from the heart, but at the time I didn't think that was some kind of send-off for Bayheim. I don't think many others did either, but that is a very intriguing comment by SU's head man as well. And what's intriguing is this, this might have been Bayheim's last game, but we don't know the thoughts of the man. All we know is that Syracuse is not advancing any further in the ACC tournament this year. Almost certainly no NIT, probably no CBI. The season probably over for Syracuse, 77 to 74, and perhaps the end of a legendary career as well. But only time will tell this offseason for Jim Beheim. In this game, just to recap a little bit of what happened, Syracuse led at the half by two over Wake, got off to a really bad start in the final 20 minutes, and eventually tied the game at 74 but a final possession three by Davian Williamson beat the buzzer with 0.2 seconds left, a three from the right wing over Benny Williams uh, to give Wake a three-point win. And if that's Bayheim's last game, how bitterly poetic that is that for a man who preached the 2-3 zone and used it for his ticket to the Hall of Fame, that what beat his 2-3 zone today and what might have been his last game was a three-pointer. The trademark way to beat the 2-3 zone and in what might have been the legendary coach's final game, a three-pointer beat him today off the hand of Williamson on a day where Wake Forest hit nine and Syracuse's continuous Achilles heel this year was the three-point shot. Coming into today, Syracuse's perimeter defense was very poorly rated. Over 10 threes per game opponents made this year on Syracuse's zone. A lot of three-point attempts and a lot of makes. 362nd in Division One was the rank for Syracuse's perimeter defense this year. And it came back to bite them one more time in the ACC tournament. So a rough stretch 
for Syracuse basketball. That 2016 Final Four feels like it's quite a ways away now, about seven years later at this point. And the last couple ACC tournaments have not been ones to write home about for Syracuse. 2021 March Madness, the last time SU got to the tournament, and the Orange will not make it there this year. So we wrap up the OrangeFizz.com Twitter space, our reaction format following Wake Forest's 77-74 win over Syracuse in the ACC tournament down in Greensboro. Syracuse's season over at this point. Ends the year at 17-15. and 15. The Orange do. Meanwhile, Wake Forest 19-13. and 13. The Demon Deacons advance to the next round. But for now, and until next basketball season, this has been Carter Bainbridge for the OrangeFizz.com for Reaction Twitter Space, Wake Forest 77, Syracuse 74. Some very interesting stuff by Jim Beheim after the game, and it's now waiting time for the offseason to see what the Syracuse basketball program does with its head coach, whether that's up to Beheim or the administration we have yet to see. But thank you for everybody who popped in. We glad, we're glad you listened and contributed, but this is it for now, so we'll see you next time on our OrangeFist.com Twitter spaces.